We're back, 1081. You thought it was over. Not yet, fools. Bonus, Psych. bonus, bonus. Still here with John, Dax, Steve-O. So, my apologies, guys. I uh, I wanted to ask John a couple other questions that we just kind of got carried away in. Um, again, me and him were texting back and forth these past couple of weeks. Uh, man, how was it? On the first four nights, when when the shit was really going yeah. down, yeah, man, it, it it was surreal. First of all, I mean, um, I, I told you guys offline that the the AutoZone that got burned down, the Wendy's right next door to it, the Target right across the street from it, um, the Cub Grocery. I mean, there ain't no cut. There's no Cubs down here, but that's your, that's your Rouses. That's your. That's like Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, it's your Piggly Wiggly. The, the specific locations that got hit, that was our spot for a long time. That's where we did all of our shopping at for a, a long time, the first four or five years that we were there. So so you just imagine, take Rouse's on the west side, on West Park, right? Imagine watching online, live on Facebook, people just running in and out of the Rouse's, just looting like crazy. How that would make you feel, right? Like Because you, you have memories there. You, you've been there a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And... That first night, man, when they, they burned down the auto zone, and then, then we heard about this, this, uh, this looter who was trying to get at a pawn shop, and, and the pawn shop owner shot him. And then as the night goes on, they light up the Wendy's. And I'm watching this stuff live online by there, there were no major media outlets covering this stuff i'm watching local journalists you're local guys that you watch i'm watching local journalists not even like our tv station journalists these are these are more underground or whatever you want to call them journalists who are on the ground going live from the scene i'm watching target being run in and out of and then they light up this apartment building man and that was like the capstone of the night because it's like this affordable housing units that were going up seven stories of affordable housing in an area that needed it and they light it up and i'll never forget man just watching this thing burn and i mean okay seven stories so you're talking at least 70 80 feet already and then the flames are licking up 50 100 feet higher than that right and it's just burning up and there's no there's no police in sight there's no fire department in sight it's just burning do you know whether or not people were injured in that fire I don't think so. I really, throughout the whole thing, there weren't a whole lot of people injured. And there was only the one homicide of the pawn shop owner protecting it, trying to protect his store. Um, but later on, as that apartment burned, I saw a video of this guy like spraying down the side of his house with water. Just trying, the stop sign melted because of the heat coming from this apartment mm-hmm. complex, right? And like that first night this was um this would have been wednesday night because george floyd was murdered on monday tuesday it rained all night so like nothing really popped off but that was when the first protest happened the first people got tear gas and it primed the pump for wednesday wednesday i watched this stuff until three or four o'clock in the morning i'm patrolling my house you know because i got seven young kids and i'm like i don't know where this is going to spread out to, what's going to happen. You know, I got my security cameras on my TV, and I'm just sitting in the living room just watching this stuff on 
social media. And uh, it, that was night one. I get up 7.30, 8 o'clock, and start working. Because that's what I got to do to support my family. I work a full day on Thursday, 5, 6 o'clock, shut it down, and basically go back into patrol mode because they they chilled out during the day but then as night began to fall it was right back at it and so I'm, I'm back on the same journalist feeds and and just waiting for basically the sun to go down to see what's going to happen so like for me it was just like it, it's probably a lot like you guys spend your shifts right constant state of alertness was there any uh danger to your your uh, neighborhood so in my neighborhood um there's there were no major like corporate landmarks like a target or what have you that that people would want to come and do anything with the only i got two corner stores across from my house and one of them did get hit but it was by some local knuckleheads who took the opportunity mm-hmm. while the police were busy doing other things to jump on in. to go bust in there pull a cash box you know and they actually dumped it in their neighbor's backyard so we know exactly who it was um, but just a mile away from me is, is Broadway, which is really a, a historic kind of um, um, avenue in, in, in North Minneapolis that actually saw its own riots. Plymouth Avenue, Broadway Avenue saw their own riots in the 60s, I believe. Um, and on the north side in nights two and three, they brought the action over there. They, they got into a, a, a footlocker. They burned down couple restaurants and things like that so it was just about a mile away from me so not directly in my neighborhood um but again you know with all this going on and not seeing any any uh, uh, our our governor disappeared for a couple nights didn't hear anything from him the mayor pretty much made it clear that he wasn't stepping in the police chief and and the police are under the thumb of the mayor so they can't do anything unless they're told that they can. Right. And and seeing all this go, go down, man, it was literally like the purge. Like, mm. that's what it felt like. It's like, as the sun goes down, the action, the craziness is about to start, man. And I got a family to protect. So I'm walking around. I got my shotgun in the corner. I got my pistol on my hip. And I got my lights on. I'm here. And you know I'm here. So... You know, I'm just patrolling my house till three, four o'clock in the morning. Basically, the whole week that George Floyd was, you know, a uh, week after he was he was killed, and and it wasn't until the Friday night, um, so night four, that, and and this is after they made their way way down Lake Street to the um, the fifth precinct. There's a fifth. There's a fifth precinct, and. Uh, post office right across the street they got of course they got the kmart across the street they got all the little stores in between but they burned down the gas station that's on the corner right there then they went in and set fire to the post office and they were they were on the verge of trying to hit the fifth precinct and here come just marching troops bro it's crazy because earlier that night Earlier that night, they had actually backed down. They had set up a guard over by the 3rd Precinct. As soon as 8 o'clock hit, when the curfew was supposed to start, 
like the National Guard pulled back, the police pulled back and just disappeared from view. And we're like, wait, they supposed to be stopping this, right? And you're just like, man, not another night. And sure enough, they marched all the way down Lake Street, down to the 5th Precinct, started setting fires, all that stuff. About midnight, they came marching in and tear gas came out and they just, they weren't playing around. You could just tell. They were in formation and they just dispersed those crowds within within an hour. Fire, fire department was able to come in, start knocking out the fires that were going on in the post office. And it was like, it was a, sen- it was a real sense of relief because it's like there's all this lawlessness and just pure anarchy going on. And finally, you know, they decided to put a stop to it. Um, it didn't relieve the anxiety completely because, I mean, I'm still, that was on Friday night, so Saturday night, Sunday night. For the next three nights or so, I continued to just patrol my house until late in the night, early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, it's, dude, it's so surreal hearing it yeah. come from somebody who was, who was, you know, basically ground in, zero. In it, yeah. It's so, you know, uh, Facebook is just surrounded with conspiracies, yeah. right? Everybody has all kinds of crazy stories. Uh, and a big, a big one is um, that a lot of the looters were bust in. What, what's your take on that? You guys familiar with Umbrella Man? <laughs> no? No, not, okay. not really. So... Uh, Wednesday night, uh, like I said, Tuesday, nothing had been looted. There, there were some protests. Police got, you know, they tear gas some people and everything. Wednesday afternoon, protests continued right around the third precinct, but nothing had been vandalized, at least not too bad yet. Um, nothing had been looted as far as I'm aware. Um, and then in comes this dude, this really creepy looking dude we, oh that you dude you google him umbrella man and like is this dude in a black trench coat type situation he's holding the umbrella he's got the full face mask respirator going on and he's got a hammer in his hand and he just walks up real calmly to the auto zone windows and starts busting them out bang 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 Crash. and that guy's trying to stop him guy's trying to stop him that's right this guy's trying to stop him and as it turns out, AutoZone was the first building that was set on fire. Mm. So in my opinion, like this was the guy that really initiated the the big time violence. Yeah, they so, initially yeah. tried to say he was a cop. It was a cop. Yeah, they tried to say he was a cop. But it got proven quickly that it wasn't. Right, right. And I don't know who he was and you know, I don't I don't know what's going on underneath the you know, behind the scenes on all this stuff, but definitely, you know, watching things Okay, so I also knew one of the journalists on the ground and, and was kind of taxiing him around when he got in at the airport. And I dropped him off over on Lake Street. And when I picked him up later that night, I asked him about the situation we were just talking about. And he said from, you know, from his perspective, he really did see like three groups of people out there. And there was, there was a legitimate group of like peaceful protesters mm-hmm. who, you know, they were just out there to have their voices be heard. And really, when nighttime hit, they actually left. He said, then there was kind of a group who was in the middle where they weren't, they weren't starting things. Like, they weren't the ones breaking the windows. But if the opportunity was there, targets wide open, 
they going in there and grab a TV, you know, whatever. So they, they still participating in it, but they're not really inciting it. And then he said there was a, a third and smaller group of people who were the ones that were like throwing the frozen water bottles, throwing the beer bottles, cracking the windows, busting into the doors and things like that. So they're, they're definitely, at least from what I've heard, seem to be uh, groups of people who were there just to do that type of thing. Just to cause chaos. Just to cause chaos. Yeah, that's a, a well-known narrative out there that they'll, those agitators yeah. are out there doing their thing. Great perspective you've given us, brother. Yeah, yeah. it was wild, man. I, it's an experience I'll never forget. My kids will never forget because they, they were up with me most nights, you know, just watching this stuff go down. Um, my oldest, as soon as um, the day that, that George Floyd was killed, you know, I, I let him watch the video, you know. He didn't make it through it. He couldn't watch the whole thing. And we just used it as a moment to talk about, about the whole situation. Um, yeah, it, was a, it was a wild experience, man. But Man, that's going to be something that you're too youngest when they get older. The, the, basically, the week leading up to yeah. your actual yeah. legal adopt, adoption of them be a hell of a story. was one of the most chaotic times in, yeah. in y'all's life. And coming off of coronavirus and all that craziness man. yo 2020 is wild man yo, 2020, 2020 y'all <laughs> hang in there Jeez. hang in there at the end of this year we're gonna louisiana's gonna get hit with a blizzard calling it now let's go 1081 we out y'all